I would say the reason that most people don't reach their potential, in, in my opinion, is they're not persistent enough, right? Meaning that, you know, when I look at my first podcast, Leveling Up, I was only getting nine downloads a day after the first year. After the second year, I was only getting 30 downloads a day. I was spending six hours a week on it, interviewing, doing the show notes and all that. So anybody would have said, you probably should give up. Now, this episode is sponsored by Maga.io. You're listening to the Marketing Millennials Podcast. I'm Emily Ferguson. And I'm Daniel Murray. Get ready, because we're taking you on a journey with today's marketing leaders and tomorrow's top stars. Let's go! No BS, just a fun, unfiltered industry conversation with the game changers behind some of the coolest companies from around the globe. The one request we tell our guests. Stories or didn't have. A big welcome to our marketing fam. Prepare to turn the f*** up. We are back with another episode of the Marketing Millennials. If you're liking what you are hearing, please subscribe or share with a marketing friend. Today, I'm joined with a marketing legend, Eric Sue. He is the podcast co-host of The Marketing School, a daily marketing podcast with over 45 million downloads. He is also the author and podcast host at Leveling Up, the founder of Single Grain, a marketing agency for SaaS, e-commerce, and education companies. And if that wasn't enough, he is also the co-founder of ClickFlow, a software company that helps your SEO traffic. This guy legit does it all. I'm excited to welcome Eric Sue to the show. Cool. Welcome to the show. Um, I'm super excited. Super excited for this talk. You are an expert in marketing and you've grown your career in marketing. So I wanted to just start with your background in marketing and then just get into like how you got to where you were and what were like the tools you used to get there. Yeah. So first and foremost, I was the ultimate failure. I almost didn't graduate high school, almost got kicked out of college and I was fired from two jobs before I found marketing. I remember coming out of college, I was working a dead-end job doing data, data entry. And one of my friends was like, you should check out this digital marketing thing. So I ended up picking up an internship where I worked for free while doing the full-time job. From there, I, I never looked back. So first started out with SEO and then I started... So I went deep with SEO and then I, I branched out to become more of a T-shaped marketer. So understanding email understanding paid media and all that. So broadening my skill set there. And then I was like, okay, what's next? What's next was, so this was when I was about 24 years old. By 26, I was leading marketing at an online education startup. So it's like, oh crap, I got to learn. I got to learn affiliate marketing. I got to learn how to manage people. I got to learn culture. I got to learn how to recruit people. So that was the next level, right? And then it's like, okay, that's done. What's the next level? And the next level was the single ring, which is the ad agency that I now own. Can I save this failing SEO agency at the time? Can I save it? Can I save a failing company that had a product that no longer worked? Could I really turn it around, right? And it's like, okay, boom, did it. And it's like, okay, what's the next level, right? So it's constantly thinking about what's the next level, what's the next level, what's the next level. And I think for most people, you don't need to think like that. I think it's, if you're com- perfectly comfortable at the level that you're at, totally fine. But if you want to get to the next level, but you haven't beaten the current one, you don't deserve to go to the next one. And so I think there's levels to everything, like the bike back there, there's there's levels to that, right? There's levels to you know how well you meditate. There's just levels to everything. In terms of tools, I would just say, look, at, you know, at the end of the day, 
as long as you have that growth mindset, that leveling up mindset, and you're constantly trying to get better 1% every single day, you are going to meet the people that you need to meet to cause you to change your perspective, to think about things a little differently, to get the information that you need. Because you as a person, that's great. But if you want to become, you know, you want to reach your potential, it's going to require more than that. So the growth mindset, I think would be the the starting point. Cool. So when a market just gets started out, like, and they want to like start learning about marketing. What is like the first thing you recommend for them to start doing? For me, when I first started learning marketing, I got the best bang for my buck when I was actually doing. So I remember when I started learning SEO as an intern, they forced me to make a blog and I put up blog posts. Little did I know they were, they hired 13 interns to try to make 13 different websites for SEO purposes. And so I did it. I actually created a blog. I wrote the blog post. I did all that. And that was great. It was great learning by doing but I continued that. So as I would pick up knowledge, I would watch courses or I, you know, I download these courses like, you know, illegally, you know, from these torrent websites, I built out a website called lightshowvideos.com. My goal there was to rank number one for light show videos. What did I learn from that? Even though I got it to number one, I built a new website. I got the domain and all that. I got it to number one, but guess what? That keyword had no volume. So I wasted two to three months on it, going, spending all this time on this website, posting light show videos and all that, because I was really into, I'm still really into EDM, right? So, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, people are totally going to be into this. Didn't do the research. So you learned that lesson the hard way. And then I made another blog, how to get rid of pimples.net. So I'm like, okay, now I know this has volume. I'm going to drive affiliate traffic, whatever. You know what I did? I bought a lot of cheap articles, you know, cheap design and all that, because it's all the money that I had you know, it ranked very quickly. And then I got filtered by Google. It, it basically got taken out of the index, right? So I learned, you know, you get what you pay for. So there's all these lessons that go into it, but you learn the fastest when you're actually doing. Sure, you can, like, I think it's perfectly fine. If you go work for a startup, that's great because they're going to make you wear multiple hats and you're going to accelerate your, your learning rate. And, but if you go work for a big company, the difference there is that, you know, in most cases, more often than not, you're not going to be allowed to do all the things that you want to do, right? So it just depends how fast you want to grow. What do you think like most marketers are doing wrong when it comes to this like leveling up? Like, why do you think they get stuck at that like level one when they could have get to level two? I would say the reason that most people don't reach their potential, in, in my opinion, is they're not persistent enough, right? Meaning that, you know, when I look at my first podcast leveling up, I was only getting nine downloads a day after the first year. After the second year, I was only getting 30 downloads a day. I was spending six hours a week on it, interviewing, doing the show notes and all that. So anybody would have said, you probably should give up. Now, you know, I was optimizing for the learning. I wasn't optimizing for the views. So it, it requires a, a mental reframe there. That's another subject. But just understanding that most good things take two to three years to start to even start to see, you know, good results, right? If you're lucky, you might hit lightning in the bottle and you hit it quickly. But I can tell you for me, you know, look, I talk fast. I want things to happen quickly. But, you know, as I get older, I realize that things take a lot longer. And it's, it's very tough to compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 25. Most people keep doing that. And that's so overwhelming that after like a month or two of doing it, you just don't want to do it because it's just like, it's too uncomfortable, right? They can't deal with the pain. And, you know, it, the, the, the struggle, the pain is that's a, that's a prerequisite to success. And most people aren't willing to go through that. That's awesome. That's a great point. I, I, I love the point on consistency because I think consistency, what I've learned in marketing and in football and everything that I've done in life, like the people who win are the ones who show up every day at like this B plus level that are just scoring very like at an above average level. Like when football, for example, they used to 
score you every single game. And like the players that used to be the best weren't the players that got an A plus one game and the next day game they got a C as the players that got the B pluses consistently every single game because you knew that you could trust them. You knew you can rely on them. You could do that. And I think that's underrated, that consistency piece. For sure. How do you explain like to be more patient in marketing? With all like marketing these days of like marketers having to hit these numbers and stuff like that. There's also that patience of like long-term growing and you're an SEO. So you know, this that SEO takes time, brand takes time. So like how, what do you tell marketers who have to hit like goals right now, but they also have to plan for like the future and be patient for those results. So I, I think there's, it's a multi-pronged question because obviously if you have a boss or you're a publicly traded company, you have a lot of pressure bearing down on you as a marketer and marketers tend to get fired the quickest, if not maybe behind salespeople. You know, I, I think it's from an SEO perspective. Yeah. I mean, that's actually a really good point. It forces you into a long-term mindset. I think it just depends on what you're doing, right? Understanding SEO, it might be a six to 12 to 18 month journey, depending on where you're at, start to get good results. But with paid media, it's very black and white. You should be seeing stuff probably in the first two to three months or so if you're starting something from scratch. So I think it's understanding the game that you're playing and understanding what's acceptable and what isn't and then going from there, right? And then obviously you want your boss or whoever you're reporting to to be reasonable to actually understand what they're talking about because if they don't understand what they're talking about, they're going to have unreasonable expectations and it's going to put a lot of unfair pressure on you and then you're probably not going to hit your goals and what's going to happen is guess who's going to get fired? Probably you. I also think that like the group great good marketers like push back and they like know that like okay you have to brand matters and this matters and it's also choosing the CEO that gets marketing because if you work for someone who doesn't get marketing you're probably going to get fired anyway because yep. they have unrealistic goals. I kind of want to dive into like you writing a book on leveling up and I I want to dive into like would you call like a personal power ups? Like, could you give like insight on like your, your yeah. ones that like a couple that you think are like great for marketers to like power up on in their life and get more passion? Totally. So look, I, I got the book right here, right? It's called leveling up, right? It's, it's physical copy. My probably my first physical product ever. I'm really proud of it. You know, look, the whole concept here is that gaming creates leaders, right? So let, let's use football as an example. Dan, what did you get from football? What did you learn from football? I learned like consistency. I learned self-sacrificing. I learned the art of like winning in competition. Like I learned teamwork. There's so many like, like soft skills that helped me as a marketer. There you go. Right. Because so sports very much is a game. Video games are games. And so there's a stigma towards gaming that, you know, it's a waste of time. People are addicted and there's sure there's an argument for that, but you know, my argument is that I played a lot of games growing up and that was my football. That was my sports, right? I learned teamwork. I learned resilience. I learned communication. All these things, they translate into the world of, of real life and also to, to business where I can add, you know, more impact to, to the world. And so my thesis here is that, you know, you have to go in life, you have to go around collecting power-ups, whether they're the right habits or whether they're the right mental models, right? So, you know, an example of a mental model might be thinking about second and third order consequences. So, you know, if I decide to shut down my company today, 
uh, what's the second order consequence? Well, people are going to be out of jobs. What, what are the third order consequences? Uh, maybe there's not going to be cash flow to fund the other stuff that I want to be doing, right? So that, that's like a tool that you can use in your tool belt. But habits are important too, and habits also decay. So if you, let's say you pick up a sword and you keep hitting something, it's going to decay over time, right? So you have to keep sharpening your habits too, whether it's you know hopping on a bike like that or you know the cliche is meditating. Or for me, like I, I'm pretty big on sleep optimization as well. So there's all these things that add up to um, you becoming the best version of yourself so you can perform at the highest level. And I think that's what leveling up is, is, is about. Every single day, you're trying to level up just 1%, get better every single day, just a little bit. Before you know it, compound interest, long-term vision, you're going to get there. What are some things that you work on that you level up every day on that you think like um, a part of your habits that you've acquired? And what are some that you actually like canceled out? Like what are like some habits you decided like are not worth the time yeah. to level up? I mean, you know, for me, it's, um, you know, spending the time to, to, to read every day, right? Get different perspectives. Um, taking time on Fridays. I do have the luxury of being able to block out my Fridays now where there's no meetings and I, I have more time to just think to myself because that's where a lot of the, the strategic stuff happens. You know, I, I learned a lot about, for me, I'm, I'm an introvert, right? I don't like networking. I don't like going up to people. So what I learned over the years too, is I'm going to make the network come to me. So I would throw dinners with, you know, influential marketers initially. And then, you know, I eventually I leveled up to, you know, hang out in to join groups such as entrepreneurs organization. Um, I joined groups like, you know, uh, young presidents organization, YPO. So there's a lot of these types of nuances where it's like, again, it, it all ties down to leveling up, right? Like I'm just trying to get better. So how am I going to get better? I'm going to learn from peers. I'm going to learn from people that are smarter than me. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take time to think. I'm going to take time to read every single day. You know, I, I can tell you at 24, 25, I was reading a lot of this stuff already, but I didn't pay too much attention to sleep. I thought, you know, maybe I didn't need to sleep that much. Sleep's very important, obviously. And, you know, I can tell you now because I sleep better, I perform a lot better through the day, right? I can tell you that, um, you know, doing the intermittent fasting thing, by the way, I had been doing that already. Like, I'm just lazy. I don't want to eat breakfast, right? So, uh, intermittent fasting. Amazing. They're like, yeah, all these benefits. I'm like, great. I do it already. There's a lot of these things. And I think a lot of people, you know, worship it. I just think they're nice things to add to your, your, your habit stack. Again, if you start your day off the right way, it gets rolling the right way, then you're going to be, it's going to be hard to stop you. But if you start the wrong way where it's like you're smoking cigarettes in the morning or, you know, you're, you're, I don't know, maybe you're supposed to go to work at nine and you come in at 11 or whatever, these things start to snowball, right? So you want your things to snowball in, in, in the positive direction. I would say for me, I used to, I would eat more fast food, kind of stop doing that. You know, other bad habits. I mean, I guess going to, I guess before playing too many games and not, I, I spent too much time in the shadow world and not enough time in the, in, in the real world. Beyond that, I spent too much time consuming, so now what I've, how I've reframed it is I should spend more time. I should have a ratio. So if I, if I watch TV for an hour a day, maybe I should produce content for two hours a day. So for every hour I do something, right, I consume, I'm going to 2x that on the creation side. And that way I'm going to add more value to the world instead of constantly taking. Because it's very easy, all the content that's out there right now, Netflix, YouTube, whatever, it's too easy to take. You want to be a giver. What are your like ways of like finding like the right things to consume because i think this is a problem with a lot of marketers these days is they are going to the wrong people for advice some of the advice is old advice some of the advice is like from people who claim to be experts but like what is your like like filtering process on like what to consume i think it's tough right because you know some some people that were very influential in the marketing world maybe five to ten years ago to your point are saying the same things right 
and I, I know what you're talking about. I would say if you want people that are forward thinking, I often default to Twitter. Twitter has some of the smartest people in the world. You're hanging out on Twitter. You're sharing great stuff. Sometimes people share good stuff like, uh, organically on LinkedIn, but Twitter is very much, it, it's an open door to seeing how someone thinks, right? So I'll, I'll give you an example. Some of the, the, the you know, most influential marketers, you know, five to 10 years ago, they aren't tweeting that much right now. They're not giving you a window into how they're thinking currently, but you have the up and comers who are starting sub stacks, who are starting email newsletters, podcasts, and things like that, um, such as yourself that, I mean, you know, you're, you're sharing just good stuff, right? And you can, you have to be consistent there. Like the work either shows up where it doesn't, and you don't see a lot of those people that were influential before. Cause one argument is they don't have to, but you know, again, where they decide to stop, someone else is going to come fill their place. Yeah. And I also, you make a great point. I think marketing is one of the hardest professions because it is ever changing and ever learning and ever growing. And that's why I produce like content just so it keeps me fresh of learning content. Like that's a way I keep my like, way like, Oh, I read a book. Like, let me do something to like share it with the world. So it helps me like simplify my thoughts better, which I think why your marketing school podcast does so well. It's like short, actionable, like quick advice. And I bet at you, if I go look at two years back, there's probably some advice that's changed, but that's why you keep doing it every day because advice well, changes all the time. By the way, that podcast holds me accountable. It forces me at least to, to continue to learn and to bring new stuff to the table, right? Being out there building in public. I, I think that's another great thing for marketers. If you're able to understanding that there's four forms of leverage, code, capital, labor, and media, if you can build a moat around you in terms of content, no matter what happens to you, let's say you get fired from a job or whatever, people are going to want to hire you instantly because you are you're out there. People want you. It's very hard to find amazing marketers. So I think that thing is going to set you apart. And most people, it's like, oh my God, what if I suck at creating content? Yes, you're going to suck. You're going to suck in the beginning, get the suckage out quickly, and then keep staying consistent with it. You're going to build an audience. What if it's a thousand, 5,000 people, 10,000 plus, more power to you, and you're going to do fine. We all know that the marketing technology landscape is insane. There are thousands of tools to choose from, and it could be really daunting to pick the right one. Well, we've partnered with our friends over at Maga.io to get you the book that makes it easier. Build cool shit. It's honestly the most complete guide to building a tech stack today, and we can't recommend it enough. Just text millennial to 415-915-9011. That's millennial to 415-915-9011 to get your copy today. I have an interesting question for you because I was thinking on the terms of like list leveling, leveling up. Like, how do you know? Because in games, you know, like you went from level one to level two. Like, how in life do you know that you've been, you've got to that next level and powered up? Like, what yeah. is that like turning point where you know, like, I'm at level two now and I have to go for level three? Uh-huh. Yeah. So in the book, there's a concept called the wealth ladder, which is from the, the CEO of ConvertKit, Nathan Berry. And the whole idea is this. You start out at the bottom ladder over here. You start out as um, a student, maybe. You're learning a lot. And then the next step over here, maybe a little higher, is you start out building great habits. And then the next level is you go get a job. The next level after that is maybe you start freelancing, right, on the side. And then if that goes really well, you decide to start an agency, right? And then after that, maybe you build a product. 
And then maybe you sell, maybe you, then you decide to build a SaaS product, right? And then you decide to build a network effects business. You could keep, and then you could go all the way up to like investor. And some of these are not mutually exclusive. You can kind of combine them at the same time. But the idea is you're getting stronger and stronger over time in, in your career. I think, you know, one of the best things you can do is a lot of investors, they have leverage. They have the leverage of, of capital, which can hire labor. Labor can build the code, right? And then they can go out there and buy the media, right? So I think it's, you want to get to a point where you have control of, of capital because, you know, at the end of the day, we're in a capitalistic society. Those who have capital have power. And these people that have power can influence, can push their worldview for better or worse, right? I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just how it is right now. So understanding that, you got to think about, hey, what do I need to be doing long-term to get there where I can have that type of influence? Yeah, and I think it's really crazy because I think like in life, like levels one through five, like might happen pretty quick, like might happen pretty slowly, actually. Oh, let me rephrase it. It happened really slowly. But like when you hit like like a level six and seven, you feel like an exponential growth. And I feel like it happens with like SEO and it happens with content production. It happens with even like money. It's that compounding effect of like, okay, I've hit... Uh, I'll give an example. I started posting on LinkedIn just to figure out LinkedIn. And then I hit this like inflection point where like I went from this one to five level where I was doing nothing to like, it just started skyrocketing and then opportunity just came to me. Like I didn't even have to reach out to it for them, but I think it's so crazy. Cause like in life it works weirdly like that, but the level like one through five is like the levels you have to master before you even like, and once you get to five to like 15, like they happen pretty quickly because you, you leveling up, like, what do you say that capital, like that capital is growing faster, that media is growing faster. Now you have labor so that you can pull more levers when you start getting to level six. Yeah. Eight. I mean, look, if we think about Warren Buffett, I think he's worth about 85 billion today and, you know, 84.5 or 84 ish of that 84, you know, the billions, right. It didn't come till after he was 50. And so to compound that long, it's like, it, it takes a ton of patience, right? You and I, we're not even close to that age right now. So it, it's just like, you know, look, if Warren Buffett can stay patient, patience is the name of the game. And so, you know, instead of thinking, thinking like an investor, right? Time in market is greater than timing the market, right? And that's a phrase that continually sticks with me. I love that phrase. Time in market is better than timing in market. I love that. I think... I think one thing I want to ask you is like, when do you know, like restart like a chapter or like basically scrap something to go level up somewhere else? Like, when do you know like that point that like, okay, I put in the time of work, it's not succeeding. Like I should try yeah. something else. Um, yeah. There, there's a couple examples of, of failures that I've had. Um, one would be, I remember when I was about 23 or 24, I bought an e-commerce website from one of my coworkers. It was a magic website. So I used to own a magic store online, even though I don't know anything about magic. And what I learned from that experience is that I didn't vet my partners who they're all great people, but one of the partners ended up having a drug problem. So he just stopped working. And then the other one, um, it was just, we had different communication styles. It just didn't work. You know, you learn lessons along the way. It's just like, oh crap, this isn't going to work. The, the, that's not going to work, right? In terms of the, the rela- rela- relationship. And like, like I mentioned with other stuff, you, you run a lot of experiments and you realize some things you're just not passionate about. So for example, I was working with, with two of my high school friends on this senior living website. And 
none of us were really passionate about senior living. And the other one had a full-time job, so he wasn't all in. And then the other one, he had his eye on, on other stuff to work on too. And I had my eye on the, all the marketing stuff that I was doing. Right. So there's fundamental misalignments there, but you know, we just, I think you just learned that, Hey, can I see myself working on this in five years and 10 years? And then you do the Jeff Bezos regret minimization framework, meaning that if I'm 80 years old, am I going to regret not having done this? And when I asked that question with the senior living website, or when I ask it with the um, magic website, I, I don't have any regrets. So that's a great point. I think like regret, regret from sticking through it and not, I feel the same way about football. I tell everybody that like people say, why didn't you go to the NFL? And I'm, I always say to them like, yeah, like the money, the time, the hurt in the body and the no passion is the reason why I didn't like, I didn't yeah. care enough to like do it. Like I could have pushed harder to like, we'll go to the NFL, but I was like, you know what? I, I have my passion somewhere else. I'm not going to succeed yeah. here. So well, who did you play for? So I played for the University of Cincinnati. I got a scholarship out of college. Like, didn't know anything about football, but actually the story behind it was when I was a freshman in high school, it was my first time playing football. I never really watched NFL because my family comes from South Africa and I was born there. Yeah. And I basically, my coach said to me that, oh, you can never like play college football. You're never going to be good enough. So I was like, okay, screw you. I could play college football. So like... I literally would be the one who would go to practice and then go train after every single day. And then finally, like I hit like when I'm my junior, like from all the commitment got there and it was actually, I more played football because I wanted to pay my way through college. And I did because I love football, but it became like a, a prove you wrong overestimating thing that drove me to play football. It's a big driver. I mean, for me growing up, so I, lo I love that story, right? It's, it's feeling like you're not acknowledged and having a chip on your shoulder and I'm going to prove you wrong. And that was very much how I was for me growing up. And I love it. I mean, that's why I think it might be the same thing for you, but reframing when people give, you know, critical feedback or quote unquote negative feedback, I love it. Give me more, right? And if I find someone talking crap about me, give me more, right? I love it uh, because it's going to make me stronger. It's going to give me the fuel to work even harder. You're going to push me forward, right? So you think you're knocking me down, but you're making me stronger. So I think there's a lot of situations in life where you can do, you know, mental reframes like jujitsu with your mind and then, you know, turn it back on people, right? So yeah, I, I love that point of like reframing your mind. And I think like the people who have succeeded, I know like you, I think they take, like that feedback and turn it like, and I actually like it when it comes out of nowhere too. Like, I think like when someone said, Oh, you did, didn't do your best on this project or like you screwed up this. I'm like, okay, well, I'm never going to do that again, but it kind of forces me to do some other things. I just want to leave like, what is like one piece of advice you would give to like a marketer starting out, like what would, should they start doing? Like what any piece of IG would give to a young marketer? Yeah. I mean, I'll give a couple of uh, generalities. Cause I mean, this is part of the, the, the theory stuff that probably works out better. So yeah, I have this Charizard card over here that I bought from one of my former employees who are now, now works for Gary V by the way, pay $2,000 for this thing. And you're like, okay, what is this idiot talking about? You just paid $2,000 for a piece of cardboard. And so, you know, the point here is, understanding how to think for yourself, right? Understanding that long-term, what thinking about long-term, what is going to happen in the world, right? So if we understand right now that, you know, cash might not be the best asset to hold long-term, you probably want to put it into different assets, right? So, you know, this to me is art, right? So 
can you have a, a different way of thinking about things? And then also there's a lot of that goes into it. So long-term thinking, I'm just going to hold this right time in market. You're just going to hold this and then it goes up. If it goes down, that's fine. But also, you know, when people dismiss things such as this as a toy, they dismiss Snapchat or snap as a toy. Initially, they, they dismiss Bitcoin as a toy. Initially, they dismiss gaming as a toy initially. Right. But you know, what ends up happening is it just keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger over time. And so sometimes it requires you to stick with your way of thinking, you know, look at the trends too. look at history. When people dismiss things and there tends to be like a, a community around it, it usually gets a lot stronger and it, it, it's, it tends to hit escape velocity. So the type of long-term thinking is really applied to how you can think like an investor, right? If you can think like an investor, investors think about how to think in general and all that is encompassing around leveling up, right? If you're constantly leveling up the way you think, where you're learning from, where you're getting your information from, there's no doubt that you're not only going to get stronger as a marketer, but you're going to reach your potential as a human being. I love that. Like, I don't think many people talk about that. And like, I think, I think the way that you just put that, I think a lot of people need to have conventional thinking that for themselves, it's okay to consume and get information, but like, don't just because... Joe Schmo, the expert, says that's the best way to do it. Doesn't mean you need to think that way. Um, right. The last thing I want to do is where could people like find your book and start learning about leveling up? Um, yeah, I'll pull the book up again. So you can go to, uh, thankfully, I got the domain levelingup.com. So you can go there to get it. Or you can go to your favorite online retailer and pick it up. You know, that's where you can learn more about it. Cool. I'm super excited. Um, thank you so much for joining and talk soon. Oh, thanks for having me.